Hey, this is Rusty Kelly, uh, and this is the newest episode of the Breathing Problem Productions podcast. Uh, Amelia isn't here right now. She's uh, doing some important work behind the scenes, but right now we're about to get into an interview with our good friend and collaborator, Zach Fogel. Uh, Zach has a huge body of work under his name, and Breathing Problem Productions has been lucky to be able to have helped release uh, a bunch of stuff from him in the last two years. Um so before we get into the interview, I just wanted to mention not all, but many of his projects, which are his solo project, Metaragia, Vaginal Mustard, SCR, Toxoplasmosis, Liver Chunks, Gastric Mucosa, Maggot Vomit Afterbirth, Postmortem Response, Shotgun Cock, Morgtar, Basic auto, uh, basic Torture Procedure, Car Sooled, Ammonia, Relationship Goals, uh, goulash of emetic waste and finally he uh, recently did drums in mental abortion uh, on the last two seven inches uh, the drums were split between himself and uh, Victor our usual drummer but I just wanted to I guess introduce Zach in that he has a huge body of work and basically what we're going to be doing is in between the interview uh, after the fact I'll be uh, playing small clips from not all his projects, but many. So just as a heads up, you might be hearing the interview and then it'll fade out a little. I'll introduce the project and then it'll play. So I'm really excited for everyone to hear this interview. I think it was one of the best we've done so far. So let's get into it. I'm Rusty Kelly, and this is the Breathing Problem Productions podcast. Amelia isn't here right now. She's uh, she's off doing some important work. Um, but right now, uh, we're here with our good friend and collaborator, Zach Fogel. Rusty, how's it going? Good, good. Good to see you. And also, we have uh, Amelia and I's dog, Una, in the background. So if anyone hears a dog barking or moving around, that's that's who it is. There's like a little noise set in the background. <laughs> um, so... Uh, this is always an interesting thing to like be all up close with these like microphones. Oh yeah! Uh, but thanks for doing it with us. Oh my pleasure. Um, okay, uh, I've, you know I've only done this a couple times where I interviewed friends. Like you, you said, you listened to the Dustin one. So, um, but really, it's just about having a conversation about like music and the things that influenced you in your life. Totally. Um, so. Did you grow up in Austin? Were you born in Austin? I was actually born in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, wow. And then uh, we, we weren't there for very long. Then we moved to uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh-huh. And then from there, uh, I, I grew up the majority uh, of the time in uh, Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Um, I think from like maybe like 6 to 12. You lived in L.A.? Mm-hmm. Is it just your, your dad's work or parents' work? Or? Yeah, my, my dad worked for some credit card security company oh, sick. and uh we moved around a little bit and then uh, i was raised pretty devout christian yeah and um my dad wanted me to go to a christian school so he heard of this place in town in austin called regent school of austin yeah yeah and uh we moved out here and then i think i started there in like third grade but no i'm originally from uh chicago illinois is that where your family's from? Like, or, um, or it's no? it's kind of weird. My my family from both sides. My mom and my dad are both from uh, Hanover, Pennsylvania. Uh huh. It's this really small. Like, I think it's a, one of the snack food capitals of the U.S. <laughs> That's sick. Um, but there from there, um, I visited there a lot. I really like it there actually because of the 
the woods, the rivers, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. But um, but no, I of all the places I lived, I definitely like it here the most. Especially like it's so cool to be able to, at, you know, before the COVID thing, be able to play a show, then be home in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, you yeah, know? for sure. So L- L.A. is like the uh, well, we both have bad traffic, but Austin isn't as horribly like. Uh, I guess like sprawled out is the word. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, well, it's interesting. Like I, I went to Cassis Elementary as a kid. I think that's maybe that's near Regents, kind of. I don't know if it is. Maybe uh, is, but Regents is in like kind of like West Austin area. Yeah, it, it's area? it's like off of Southwest Parkway. Okay, never mind. I'm it, totally it, wrong. No, it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of tucked away, but yeah, it's like yeah. big. You know, fancy school. You got to wear tuck or like blazers and ties. Well, yeah. I what's interesting, like I remember. Because, you know, I I went to Catholic school for sixth grade. So I my mom would always talk about different. Cause she wanted me to go to, like, for a little bit, she wanted me to go to, like, private school. Anyway, it's just interesting. Um, but I always remember her saying, like, well, that's kind of the more evangelical school. Yeah. Or that's, like, a little more conservative. I had, like, one friend, I think, that went there. But it's just interesting because I, I was reading this interview that you did in this webzine. But you were saying, like, musically just in general were you just kind of sheltered in terms of certain stuff like was it were you not allowed to listen to certain music or what it i was very sheltered Mm -hmm. like um it kind of it started with you know i developed interest in movies way like a lot of people obviously Mm -hmm. way early on and um i was i was really what was kind of weird is i really wasn't i didn't really get into music Till kind of late, till I was mm-hmm. maybe like fourteen or fifteen, I oh, was wow. really into it. Um, when I was younger, I think the first uh, sorry, I'm tangenting a little bit. No, but, no. Um, the the first band I ever really liked was Chumbawamba. Oh fuck and yeah! They, they do that the uh, classic, the tub thumping. Yeah, yeah. And I think I I think I was like maybe like four or five, and I heard that on the like a Disney commercial for Airbud. I guess that oh, was on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, that's something about this song. It's cool. Then, yeah. Then I got into the um the gypsy kings like that they're like um like almost like mariachi stuff okay yeah yeah but i don't know but anyway um but yeah i was i was when i started to get into kind of darker kind of stuff specifically like movies Mm -hmm. um my folks definitely were like okay this is what you can watch (laughs) this is what you can't would you go Um, would you go to like blockbuster and look for stuff or how would you find movies in general a lot of the time like my because i'm an only child uh-huh um a lot of the time it was it was whatever my dad showed me okay well and did your dad like action movie what is there any by the way is there any movies he quite loves or? he likes just wholesome stuff oh cool. you know um i think i know the f- i remember when i was really young um in colorado um we my dad would take me to uh this natural history museum every weekend mm-hmm. and i was i was like obsessed with like ancient egypt stuff oh sick and this yeah. one time they had a exhibit with mummies oh fuck yeah and i was like whoa this is like dark <laughs> and creepy and weird and I, yeah. i'm allowed to look at it right and then i don't know how it happened but like i was introduced to indiana jones oh. and that like blew my mind yeah yeah um and then i think there was a there's a I think in Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end when they open the Ark that dude everyone knows the face melts. melting yeah. scene that was like the first introduction to like gore <laughs> yeah yeah I was yeah like, whoa because you know like freaked me out but was fascinating at the same time yeah yeah uh 
But no, back to like being sheltered. Like yeah. when when I started getting the music, I got really into a uh, like pop punk, like Green Day. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but with them, like I I never really went to any record stores or anything up to that point. So my dad, he's like a tech geek, mm-hmm. and um, he was a little more open minded than my mom. But my dad eventually started working overseas mm-hmm. in Switzerland. Oh shit! Uh, for probably like eight years. Of what, like right when we first moved here. Mm-hmm. So my mom, uh, she re- she's even more sheltered. <laughs> oh shit. Um, so she, um, I would, I would, I found out my dad's uh, iTunes password. Oh. So I would just go and download like Green Day stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then they were like, okay, only so they would review the lyrics. Oh god. And uh, I like till this day, I don't even know what any of the. I've heard like all the Green Day albums a million times, but. Yeah. I really have no clue what they're even talking about. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it was more about the music. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I don't know, like some song, like what, like getting stoned and like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even no, know but that they're meant. really catchy melodic good pop punk songs. For yeah. Sure. Um, but, um, but it's kind of weird with like sheltering and stuff. Yeah. I can't like if I was a parent, I don't really know how I'd be, but I kind of feel like. I went to obviously like I like I mentioned like a private school and yeah, I know yeah. a lot of people that were sheltered. Yeah. Then when they went to college or something, they went nuts. Right. Be it, yeah. be it like drugs or just crazy stuff in general. It's, it's interesting you say that. Like I have a close friend. He's a really talented, awesome guy. He was raised deeply in Mormonism, mm. and but he got into music and in high school we'd hang out with him and he was in this kind of half place of being like. I believe in this. I was raised in this, but I, I want to like play music. He couldn't like hang out on Saturdays. That's like a thing with Mormonism, I guess, because oh, it's the Sabbath. Um, and uh, anyway, to make a long story short, as he got older, he got was like just started reading like really intense existentialist philosophy oh, wow. and like became like a really a big atheist, which isn't a bad thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say like. You know, luckily he didn't go down the path of like being a drug addict or drinking too much, but he he like deeply got into like the like you know talking about all the philosophical aspects of like they're not being god whereas i mean i'm i'm not too dumb a person but i haven't read a lot of like direct philosophy stuff but anyway just interestingly enough it's like he was raised in this religion and he like went the extreme of like i'm gonna read like all these really long complex philosophy books about how there is no god anyway you know what i mean it's just kind of like a similar thing even you know um but so for you, uh, like, did you have friends that were like? I'm, it's just interesting to think about um, when you were when you'd get interested in say Green Day or something. Did you have friends you could talk about this stuff to or? Not really. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember uh, uh, in school. I think it was like in seventh grade. Um, I was a little bit of a loner in school, which is totally right. fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, but. Um, I know there there were like two kids that were that looked kind of like there was one for sure metal dude and, yeah, he, yeah. and he was wearing like a he was younger than me he was like two grades below me which made me feel like a dumbass yeah, yeah. but he was he wore like a he had a Slipknot backpack oh. and I was like damn that looks like some crazy shit yeah yeah and you know say what you will about Slipknot yeah, but, you yeah. know like that's like tons of people's introduction it's a gateway yeah, yeah that's sick yeah um but and then. I never really hung out with him, but I I'd never heard of like anything like that before, and I and I looked him up. But then I one other friend that's we we've been friends since like we've known each other since like third second or third grade, mm-hmm. 
and he is like this like super mega knowledgeable guy about all sorts of types of music and he uh what's funny is like right now like i'm these days like i'm into endlessly more extreme shit like he showed me mortician oh shit and back in, in seventh grade that was like at that point i was like Oh, like that's like almost too much. Like right, I, right. I don't, I, I, I can't kind figure of out. Bar- borders on like noise in a way to a certain degree. Yeah, it was obviously that chainsaw just made yeah. song. Yeah, and I was just like, like this is cool, but like this is just like too much. But yeah. he was like my own, like the only other dude that I knew that was into this stuff, and he, and that's kind of when I'm trying to think. Like this is like maybe 2004, 2005, mm-hmm. um, 2006. Like this is when like metalcore stuff. You yeah. Know, yeah. Like, like uh like devil wears product yeah stuff yeah like yeah that. and that was real popular then yeah, of course and he he showed me some of that stuff at the same time when he showed me like mortician and stuff yeah which is like two opposite ends of the spectrum yeah yeah but when you're trying to discover interesting you you know whatever take what you can get and you know there's cool stuff i don't know no totally and like we um because when he showed me like more mortician first and you know like i said i was like oh this is too much and then he showed me like devil wears product stuff i was like even back then i didn't like the the girly emo singing yeah yeah but yeah. i was like this seems like achievable right right like, yeah. you could be in a band like this. yeah yeah for sure it's not like too extreme um but no it was just like th- that that one friend his name's austin he, he'll probably listen to this yeah, hell yeah um but he showed me a lot of that kind of stuff back then well, so did you? Did you also download like Soulseek, or were you still only using like iTunes? Did you? I wasn't allowed to use the internet at all. Oh shit! I got caught looking at porn one time, <laughs> and that did me in. Oh fuck! And but no, I was allowed to. I was allowed to use iTunes. I would get permission first, but eventually, I my skeevy ass figured out my dad's yeah, password. And yeah. First, it was, it was kind of like Green Day stuff, and then, um. But no, to, to to be honest, like I I really couldn't. I didn't have MySpace anything. Like I think I had I had a Facebook like really early. And what on. year were you born? Are you ninety three or ninety three? Okay, cool. Exactly. Um. Uh. But yeah. Well, so um, ha- so as you get into like actual high school, is that when you started to find out? I mean, I was trying to remember like before we get into you discovering gore noise through roland is that that's yeah, exactly his, right i always say his project name wrong what is his project called? It, it's weird it's pseudomonas originosa hell yeah 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 i was just listening there's not enough stuff on youtube i feel like of his shit it's it's weird because he he's a weird guy i mean he's a he's cool as fuck he's one of my best friends but he uh he's one of these guys that doesn't upload anything right right you right. know and he just does the physical format which stuff. is interesting because so much i know this is skipping ahead a little bit sure. but like gore noise exists so intensely online like mm-hmm. you know people are sharing stuff and of course there's like physical release, but there's probably plenty of like digital only releases too yeah so it's interesting to be like no this is just like we're gonna do cdrs or we're gonna do cassettes yeah um so that maybe explains why i was like on you know my gore noise YouTube, oh yeah, I was like, oh, yeah there's only like one thing weird or whatever <laughs> and the rest was like of course you google and it's just like actual medical information or something yeah but but before that, what would you say bridge the gap between like, you know, you hear metalcore like okay when we go into the, this little list you made like a list of bands that influenced you as you grew up sure. like there's Cannibal Corpse like you know number one w- did you discover that at the same time as like say Mortician and then metalcore stuff or so, so I I, I should have given you that list in a better order no it's all good um so how it kind of worked was it was the pop punk stuff yeah yeah. And then it was it 
turned into the metalcore stuff. And yeah. there's this band. I'm, I I can't bear listening to them for three seconds yeah. now. But there, there's this band called uh, Bullet for My Valentine. Yeah. Like, worst name ever. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I remember them. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was playing. Uh, I, I wanted to be that guy from Green Day. So yeah, I got yeah. the same guitar. Right. Hell yeah. Cheesy version of it. And my, my dumbass, they, I, I had no idea how to play. Did you teach yourself or did you take lessons or what? I did take guitar lessons. Oh, sick. Yeah. Um, but, sorry, I'm tangenting. No, bit. no, no. Um, but, no, I I got a guitar mm-hmm. and then um, I got I took lessons. My my folks pay for them, obviously. And uh, it, it seemed just like over my head, like unachievable. Right, right. And uh, and then from there, I was like, hey, can I get a bass? Because that, cause that, like, at Here's that, that seems transition. More doable, yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I kind of got went from Green Day, and I have no idea how I heard Corn, but mm-hmm. I heard him somehow. Right. And I just thought the bass was really yeah, the slap nuts. bass. Thing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So I was like, okay, sweet. I want to do that now. Yeah. It's yeah. like forget guitar. It's too hard. Yeah. And uh, I got a bass, and that kind of made some sense. And then I was working on that when I was in high school, and then um, then I heard this yeah this weird bolt from my Valentine band, and then. I heard this one song, and I'd, I, I'd heard double bass before. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't really identify it. Yeah, as to why it was special or interesting, right? Yeah, but there's this one song where it's just like, I mean, it's the lamest song ever, but it, it stops, and there's just double bass. And it's like, whoa, like, what is that? I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never played drums before. Right. And, um, but then at the same time, I, I'd kind of discovered Slipknot. I almost thought they were a little too crazy. Yeah. But, um, but then I my folks reluctantly got me a drum set it was so it was so you, like, convinced them to get every everything yeah so, yeah hell yeah but they they i think their mentality was like as long as you're not doing a bunch of drugs and you're not sitting around playing video games like sure right 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 um so then when i got my drums it was weird because it it in all honesty it came naturally yeah like, playing and, but hell anyway yeah. But then I was like trying to do this double bass thing down. Then then I was like, okay, I want to find more bands that do this, and that's what transitioned to Into all this finding shit that more I interesting to bands. Oh, yeah, that's, that's sick. Um, well, so so you're saying it's a little out of order. So would you say like, I know this isn't every band you've ever loved, but like, would you say Beneath the Massacre would be before Cannibal Corpse? Pretty much. So. Well, yeah, because yeah. it was interesting because I'd never heard. I knew the name, but it's interesting because as a layman, cause honestly, I'm more. I grew up with punk and hardcore, so when I I'm probably wrong about lots of metal stuff, but to me it's like a mix of like technical death metal with like deathcore elements. I don't know if deathcore yes. is a bad word for some people, but you know it's yeah. What would you would you say there's a deathcorey element to it where it's like there's like a connective tissue between bad bad scene metalcore and then good shit. I don't know. Definitely their older stuff. Yeah. So like. They, what's weird is they're considered widely as a deathcore band. Oh right, but in in my opinion, like I think they're maybe their first album is like just the kind of mundane, lame breakdown stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was really into that back then. Yeah, but, yeah, no. But then they transitioned to this. I don't, I don't think any band sounds like them. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like this. It's like tech death. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, it was and, jammy. Yeah. And what what's cool is like their vocalist. Uh, only does lows like right, it's right. no like you know no, like suicide silence screams right right yeah no um, definitely because that was the thing I was jamming it and I was like but this doesn't have the cringe part you're like oh this is a deathcore band or like you know what I mean you're like oh this is a cool part and then you're like oh fuck there's that screaming or whatever yeah like, so totally I totally agree but I I got this album from them it was called Dystopia and it um 
they went from like kind of deathcore to like full blown, like I don't know how to describe. It. It's like almost like neoclassical riffs with, but but not like happy neoclassical, right, yeah, like yeah. dark neoclassical. Yeah, yeah. And there was just something about it that like tickled me. And yeah. I still love them. That's probably the band no, I've yeah. been into the longest. Hell yeah. And like their newest album, yeah. I. They just released one, right? Dude, that that new album has the most intense drumming I've ever heard in my entire well, life. I'm gonna jam it then. When after this? Oh, dude, yeah. Um, I, well, I found it. I've like, I did. I you know, I tried to do a little research oh, and totally. make sure I got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, yeah, yeah. after after them, uh, there's this band, Vire- Viramia. Yeah, and they're interesting because it's like there was only there's only one EP basically. Yeah. What, dude, like. At the same time, I should have mentioned there's a band that's similar to them. It's called Brain Drill. Uh-huh. And it's just like the most obnoxious tech death stuff possible. Right. Like them and Vibrami, there's there's like almost all the guitar parts are like harmonized, so you can't really tell exactly what, what – like it's like two guitars playing two different parts. Yeah, and no, it's interesting though because like um, – and I might be totally off, but – it's like the, the at the time in that kind of era of like 2008 2009 it was like there was a lot of and I'm not there there was a, like daughters that man daughters and I'm not even connecting the two but like mm-hmm. grindcore was big obviously there was like shitty poser scene grind not that that stuff is that mm-hmm. but there's it's just interesting because there's that kind of like I would define it as like super noodly grindy and then tech parts. I don't know. It's just interesting to hear it because it sounds of the era. And I don't mean that in a bad way where there's just like this, like insane scales and riffing. The bass is really good. The bass is insane. It seems like they're known for their bass because he has like a 10 string bass or something like that. Yep. Uh, That is the guy's name was Scott Plummer. He killed himself. Oh, right. And, um, but I mean that in itself, because there was like a, before I'd heard of it, well, when I discovered them, it was on YouTube. It was just like it was only like a thirty second clip of mm-hmm. their their bass player with this ten string bass, <laughs> and I was like, okay, what is this? Right, right. And but, uh, Viramia, yeah, they only released that one album. Yeah. Um, it's just what what I always thought was weird is their bass their bassist is playing a ten string, but the guitar playing a six string. Oh, so I was like, weird. I don't know how you guys are coordinating <laughs> that. Right, right. But no, that just it blew my mind. Yeah, and, no, it's and that nuts. uh. That more so than this band Brain Drill. This band Brain Drill just seemed like it's even today. It's kind of hard to listen to. Right, right. Um, but uh, Viramia had some like cooler riffs. Yeah, much. that's what I'd say. It's like there's a lot going on and it has that noodly mathy element, but it still feels like brutal, for lack of a better, in a good sense. You know, where it's oh, like yeah. these are riffs and these and it's sick, which is hard to do. I think. You know? Oh, totally. So yeah. when you pl- when you put it on that list and I jammed it today, I was like, oh, this is good. I get it. Anyway, I get it for sure. And, like, another reason I love them is that I discovered them before, like, Gore Grunt, well, more so Gore Noise stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they have that, like, uh, pathological evil doctor kind of yeah, theme. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and all their, uh, uh, all their song titles are real complicated. Like, they, they, their most famous song is called uh, Disseminated Intravascular Coagulation. Oh, yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. No, that's <laughs> sick. But, um, yeah, they they were huge. They influenced some of my my bands. I I was in a band where uh, we had a guitar. There's an old band called Vaginal Mustard mm-hmm. I used to be in. Yeah, yeah, horrible name. I didn't name it. Wow. Um, but our guitar player was insane. He could play that stuff. Oh, that's sick. And uh, we basically they were the biggest influence for that because we both liked them. And I was like, let's try to do that. Was this still in high school or was it out of high school? That's a, just right after so high it was school. Like twenty. 
2013, 2012? Uh, t- okay, like 2013, exactly. Okay, cool. um, well, I'll say this because I'm going to edit this. Would you be down if I played like a little vaginal mustard clip of a track um we can figure out the song later but oh totally so right now we're gonna play a vaginal mustard song We just played it. Okay, sweet. What a great song. No. <laughs> but uh, no, I just, because so, I always like putting little clips of artist stuff that isn't, co- you know, like we couldn't put like a giant, like Cannibal Corpse song, but we could put, you know, your music or oh, whatever. Totally. Um, well, how did you, well, how did you find, you were talking about the guitarist of Vaginal Mustard. What, did mm-hmm. he go to your school or what, did you discover, how did you meet up with these dudes? So he, um, he's this guy named Eric. Uh-huh. Um, he, he, he's like two or three years old, younger than me. Mm-hmm. And he messaged me on Facebook. I, I'd never heard of him before. And he was in this, like, thrash metal band called Tropian. Oh, cool. And I, I've i never really been into thrash. Like, yeah, I, I'm not either. I, I respect it, but, like, I, I can't really get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, people give me shit. like, you can listen to fucking gore noise, but you can't listen to thrash, you know? Yeah, honestly, yeah. But, uh... I can listen to, like, super pop stuff. Yeah, and, totally. And, like, gore- maybe I'm just and maybe we can relate on this. I'm like an extremes person. Like I can, I can totally connect with like the weirdest pop song that someone finds like cringy or we- insane and then pure extreme noise. Anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of on the same yeah, page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he messaged me asking, uh, Hey, I heard you through a mutual friend. Um, we need a drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be willing to jam with us and see how it goes? And I was, I'm, a real dickhead back then. I, I still kind of am, but but I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. We'll see. And then uh, at, I'd been in bands before this, uh-huh. but they had a full full ass band, like two guitar players, vocal. They were like ready to go. Did they, I know this is a weird question, but did you did you guys practice at like someone's house or was it like a practice space or what? At my folks' place. Oh, sick. Okay. Still practice there. Oh hell with, yeah, with, yeah. And record there with everybody. That's awesome. Um, they're real cool. Uh, That's sick. But yeah, and then I. I jammed with them, and you know, I was kind of be. I was like elitist, like I only listen to like brutal death metal guy <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. time, and I was like, man, these guys really got their shit together. Yeah. And they had all these show opportunities lined up, and it's like, oh, we just need a drummer. So I joined them, and we uh, we rehearsed for, for a couple months, and then once once we all got comfortable with each with each other, when what we used to do is we'd go on our my folks back porch and uh like after practice smoke weed and just listen to music right and uh and i you know it was my folks place i had the speaker so i chose the music yeah, yeah and yeah. then uh going back to that viramia band i kind of showed that to the guitar I, I had more of a connection with their guitar player at the time yeah um with their lead guitar player and the guy who wrote all writes all the music and i was like you know we should would you be down to try something like this and he's as chill as can be he's like, yeah man totally let's try it so i laid down some drum tracks just like, oh, yeah, just I just thought about them and recorded them, and then he recorded the guitar to the drums. Oh, sick. And it, it turned out pretty cool. And Fuck I'm yeah. I'm pretty happy with the, that, those recordings. I noticed also, and I think it's sick that the two albums that are like the main ones, like I assume the two main full lengths 
because I've, I've jammed your stuff, but I always would listen to it on like MP, like different MP3s. I didn't have like the CDs of it, mm-hmm. but I love how they're like purposely not gore related. They're yeah. like, I mean, maybe I think it's cool that it does like the kind of like anti extreme thing. Like, mm-hmm. this is the most extreme thing to everyone, but I mean, there's pros and cons. So I don't know how you felt about it, but no, no, you got it because like, um, at the time, because the the music is so ridiculous, and some of the samples that we used to use, like, weren't brutal at all. It right, would just right. be like someone giving like directions to oh, somebody. That's so sick. And, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we just try to have this weird contrast, and then we both just try to think of the most ridiculous stuff. Because even back then, I I was kind of getting a little. I mean, well, because especially then, it's like, uh, you know, and there's artists I love. I you know. Uh, people that were do- trying to do the most extreme and it becomes like meaningless at, at a certain point. You're like, there's a, you know, cannibal corpse already d- did a bunch of in- the most insane things you could think. I don't know. It's so I get what you're saying where it's like, but truly in this scene, the most extreme thing we can do is like the most mundane thing, which is just cool, you know? No, totally. And, you know, we're trying to, we're throwing ideas around and, because we have the, the, you know, the brutal logo, but we just wanted to slap that on it. Just a, we, like the one, I forget, I can't even pronounce the album title. It's all right. in Spanish. Right. Uh, it's just this, like this dude on a beach. Yeah, and yeah, It was yeah. just like the third thing on Google Images at the That's time. That's so sick. But it was just trying to be dumb. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I think, I don't know. that it, It's awesome, but at the same time, like, it's that's a whole other conversation to have when someone you know whether it's me you know i love no not that you don't love noise but like noise or gore noise or extreme music where people will will do the like oh i mean it does it's just like a cliche like anything else there's like a a thing that fits and i think what's interesting is to me it's like well it's not a it's it's a complicated thing to say but it's like it there's aesthetics that fit um there's like history to why i think something's interesting and then there's that like part of you that connects to whether it's like a like a weird autopsy photo mm-hmm. or it finding an interesting image that's really anyway what i'm saying is like you could i don't know if you've heard arguments like this where people are like well look look at look at gore grind look it's all the same it's just a uniform mm-hmm. and what's interesting to me is saying like well number one that that doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing or a bad thing there's like genres not everything can be the most original thing um but when something fits it fits anyway you know those kind of people will just like argue with you to the dawn of t- the, i don't oh, know totally where it's like well look like uh, power electronics is just a cliche thing about like this or that um i mean I, i'd like get in arguments with friends like noise friends all the time but anyway what i want to say is though is like when you love something actually it becomes beyond about like beyond like oh man this just fits in this mold or that mold it's just something you love anyway even fast forwarding like the metaragia lp that breathing problem released i love that image because it's not overtly obvious that it's gore necessarily mm-hmm. it's like a guy's face that i don't know there's so many like maggots it's like black yeah um I, that's what one thing that i think is interesting too is it's like that's not even necessarily like you know, an offensive image, not that it matters or not, but to me, that's an example of, like, well, no, gore, just like anything else, whether you're painting a picture of, like, the forest can just, it's all about finding something that's interesting and, like, speaks to you. Anyway, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know, and, like, people argue or say, like, man, this has been done a million times, but to me, it's just about how it's done. Anyway. No, I I agree, because it, it, it's kind of weird with, like, the gore grind, gore noise stuff, because, like, 
a couple different things. It's, it's sort of like um, lots of people argue that, you know, for example, like if you weren't very well versed in gore grind stuff, right. like if you listen to uh, it's like old regurgitate, old dead infection, old last days, like no one would be able to tell the difference. Right, right, right. Like just like a normal like normie sort of. Right, right. Uh, or not corn noise listener. Right. Um, but it that's kind of the point is right. it's supposed to sound similar because because like I I do this band with Riley mm-hmm. um, and this this guy Josh uh, we it's called Maggot Vomit Afterbirth yeah and I don't know how those guys remember those riffs <laughs> because like you know w- we have like something like twenty songs now mm-hmm. from our releases yeah and you know they're all structured. And they all have riffs, even though, like, you know, even if I listened to it and I didn't know, like, our band. Right. Um, I would be like, like, like all the riffs sound very similar. Right, but right. that's, like, the point. It, I, this is one thing I've thought about on my own. It's, like, I don't know how to explain or justify that. Well, yeah. No, for sure. When, when you connect with something, when you love something, I don't know, that kind of argument of, like, it's, like, dude, nothing's original. Everything has been created, um, you know don't worry about like what you think is good or bad like there's people that have been playing like traditional jazz forever and Mm -hmm. and they keep doing it or free jazz or whatever and they love it and it fits within a genre but Mm -hmm. i think it's just the classic thing sometimes of people being like i'm not offended by this and in fact you're like just another sheep conformist and whatever it's like dude none of us are worried about it we just want to make art and just leave whatever whatever (laughs) anyway um i think kind of talking about myself i just want to say what's interesting for me is like i was a kid who got into punk um i was from austin i'm like the opposite my mom was like uh grew up like in a kind of intellectual my grandfather was a uh, a professor at ut he won a pulitzer prize in the 60s for history and but she in the 70s was like a punk and and also like a groupie kind of loved like big rock stars like the who and she'd hang out with all of them but she she was like part of the austin punk scene so when i grew up my mom was like all about uh showing me lots of different music giving me like old seven inches um and uh it was anyway that was one cool element but i think no matter what is like even if my mom was like not necessarily like a you know i wasn't very sheltered but one thing that's cool and it sounds like your parents were is they she supported music or art that i was doing you know and anyway just as a side note it doesn't (laughs) matter what your parents are like if they it's cool if they support art for your kids so oh totally anyway so if your parent do that you know (laughs) but um i think uh but anyway i got in like punk and then hardcore and uh i think I kind of got it. I like most people. My, I got into black metal and noise and stuff. But for the longest time, I truly didn't connect with say like death metal. I like I knew like early earache grind and stuff, but it wasn't something that I jammed. But what's interesting is like uh, slowly, uh, I like really really got into slam metal. Like, oh yeah, I, I've discovered. And this would work because you have devourment on your mm-hmm. list too. But like. Uh, as the years went by and like as I got older I really connected with before I even liked like traditional death metal like death or and whatever mm-hmm. I immediately heard uh devourment molesting the decapitated and the uh cephalotripsy oh, I yeah. forgot what their main LP is uterovaginal insertions of something anomalous yeah you know exactly right? like those two albums are like kind of the classics of slam stuff um 
and I was like, I get this. This is fucking sick. Like yeah. for, um, I don't know. It's just interesting because I there was a lot of metal that I wasn't that interested in. I didn't really like thrash metal, but um, I I liked you know, and black metal is kind of its own thing anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and I think anyway, it's just interesting because for whatever reason, I totally got understood devourment let's say or something like that no it i i'll never forget the first time i heard it heard them too because i i think when i discovered them i think uh that unleash the carnivore was, just came out mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i i remember i got molesting and decapitated on itunes just because that album cover looked yeah i've never really huge been into the graphic or like when i say graph like it's like the cartoony or artsy. Right, right, Like, right. I prefer just, like, a, like you know, like Millicent Captain dude, naked dude with his head cut yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. And something, and I, I got to that encephalotropy at the same time yeah. as well. And I felt about devourment, and this kind of goes to Gorgrind a yeah. little bit, too, is, like, I feel like devourment had am- some sort of ambience to it that, say, like, DSI did doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It just has because it's almost it's it's definitely slam, but it's also has some grindy elements. Oh yeah, especially that album. And it's like, as much as I'm a control freak and perfectionist, like, um, it's slop. It's oh yeah, for sure. Oh for sure, it's like raw and sloppy. I mean, that goes. Maybe I connect it too, where it's almost like a punk band in a way, where you're just like, fuck it, whatever. We're gonna record this. Yeah, and no, I I I still think this is probably the case for a lot of people. That that's. That div- or that molesting the decapitated album, and then their newest one. Yeah. I don't know if you heard it. No, Those need- are excellent. Hell yeah, I'm gonna, um, I need to jam it. But what, what's cool is on their new album, uh, they basically have the majority of the lineup from molesting the decapitated. Oh, they got sick. they got their drummer back from Good. that album. That's sick. Um, same vocalist. Oh fuck yeah. Um, and I think the the other two guys are newer. Were they kind of nude? To, yeah, I need to jam it then because I was kind of being a dick of like, oh, whatever. No, no. The album cover sucks, but, but the music yeah, is great. Hell yeah. Uh, one thing, though, about like just pure gore art or like mm-hmm. a, an in, a photo versus like the cartoony stuff. One thing about that Cephalotripsy album, it has that very specific era of like it's made on Photoshop. But yeah. it's like it's almost like a collage. It's like in a middle place. It's super oh, totally. weird. Um, but uh, side note that molesting album the uh excuse me the uh cover art is done by this photographer this guy named joel peter wicken yeah who's yep. a, anyway you, i'm sure you've seen his stuff but yeah it's cool they use that weird artsy guy's strange yeah the weird like i don't know i that must have been a real image i don't know how they would yeah or he, he i think you know that's what's cool about the guy where it's like mysterious how he makes some of the images sometimes it's like a collage but it might just be i think he had access to dead bodies so it might be yeah because like that stuff he does with like a fruit basket with like a foot yeah you know? oh yeah for sure but no i i uh, love that album no totally and uh what's funny is for me the way that i actually discovered slam uh this is like the posery way or not really there's this guy that uh that had this uh blog uh called stuff you will hate oh um, nice and uh he's like this dude uh He's some people love him, some people hate him. I like him a lot, but he does a thing called Punk Rock MBA now on YouTube. It's mm. kind of popular. But he had this uh, this thing called Stuff You'll Hate, where he would like just uh, review and talk about like uh, horrible like scene rap stuff. Uh, like oh God, what the fuck were they called? Uh, now, um, anyway, like scene rap stuff and bad, like you know, asking Alexandria, and like he would like just he would like dissect it as like uh, a metal fan or like as like a he anyway it was really interesting but he made this article that was like 
you know, right now, death, this is like 2009, 2010, 11, where he's like saying, Deathcore is popular right now, but like here's Slam. This was like the be- when Slam had become Slam, and it wasn't like a proto thing that Devourment was. Yeah. Anyway, it was just funny. It was like a webzine article where he was just like talking about the difference between the two genres. It's kind of a dumb in a way because it's obvious the difference, but I was like, oh yeah, this seems like way better, like more interesting, like yeah, more ignorant. I guess is the the, the thing. Very ignorant. Uh, but uh, I guess um, well like. Okay, so when you were doing vaginal mustard, were you aware of uh, of like like la- I assume you're aware of like last days of humanity and regurgitate, or were you not? Were you into them at the time? Or so I, I was actually thinking. I was hoping you're gonna yeah, ask yeah. me about last days. Yeah. Um, no, when I was in um, <clears throat> when I was in high school, I want to say like tenth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just hanging out with a friend of mine, just trying to we listen. We were willing to like just. Uh, obscure weird stuff like we got really got into the torso fuck but just right. just out of just shock value well, yeah yeah we, we sure. really didn't have any interest to make music like that yeah yeah um but i accidentally discovered last days a live video i forgive me if i pronounce this wrong but it's this it's like a 30 minute video it's it's like a with a night vision camera it's called live in like nimjin or something okay. uh-huh. and i just i couldn't understand it and uh like especially when with, I never heard pitch shifted vocals before at to that point, and I was like, "Who in the hell would make music like this?" And is this like mid two thousands era? Yeah, shit? I think it was like two thousand five or six. Okay. That was just like that the, sweet the spot, of, yeah. Right, right. Um, but I watched like clips of it. And it was like I at that point I'd never heard, and even today I think like I I'd, I'd never heard music that sounded that scary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, just like I'm. They're, they're, they had the vocalist uh, Erwin De Groot at the time, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Man, that guy's weird looking." Like, <laughs> and oh, dude, I, I, it was it was freaky, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll never forget. I right around that time, I started smoking weed, and I watched it, and like, it was like, "Dude, I never want to see something like that again." Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but then I kind then shortly after, like a couple of days later, I was like, well, "Was there music?" Because you know it's this blown out live video. So it's like, "What did their tune sound like?" And then, of course. Uh, first thing that popped up was putrefaction in progress right and i was like holy shit like everyone's reaction like yeah, yeah. like like it, it, the thing that blew my mind more was like the motive to play this type of music yeah, yeah. than like the perform i mean the performance is nuts but like like you can't understand a single riff that he's uh, the well, guitar player right and that's what's interesting is like someone like me who i don't play guitar i'm i'm the dumb singer but anyway you know like i i, I don't understand like how to play music to this day in a way like are there identifiable like riffs in that or is it more textural really that's an excellent question <laughs> yeah, yeah. because my weird ass like i'm i tried i tried to find every member of last days right. on social media right and no one uh can contact mark their drummer right of course um nobody and we ex- know except, yeah <laughs> right <laughs> uh but um, I was able to find their bass player, their OG. Well, both their bass players, um, both vocalists, or they've they've had like four. But um, but then I was like, man, I want to find their guitar player. I have so many questions for him, and you know, I I don't like to be fanboy, but yeah. like, I need to know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I found him, mm-hmm. and he only had like a hundred friends on Facebook, well, and none of his pictures or anything <laughs> like gave away any idea that he was in last. Right. Time. It was just like motorcycle right, stuff. Right, right. And uh. I found him, 
and I was like, oh man, I hate doing this, but whatever. And so I like unloaded all these questions. Right, right. I was like, sorry to bother you. Like, I'm sure you're <laughs> sick of the people asking. But yeah. he was like, yeah, no problem. So I asked him, in term, I actually, my poser asked, like, I almost have the exact guitar rig he has. Oh, well, no, that's sick. Um, that rules. Uh, just with a couple little differences. But I asked him, I said, on Putrefaction in Progress, like, are you playing? Because if, if you listen to that whole album, which, you know, it's not for everybody, obviously. Yeah. Um, they they lock in at certain points, right? Um, where you they they are for sure riffing, Playing, but right. then just like their first song, like covered in feces and decoration, it just sounds like right, right. Um, but I asked him, and he was like, "I'm riffing for every song." Oh, sick! And Whoa. and I was like, "What tuning are you in?" All <laughs> yeah. this shit, and he was like, "Oh, I'm in drop F standard, which is like eight string tuning." Oh shit. And uh, no, it, it blew my mind. Then I'm like listening to it, like trying to pick, uh, dissect it. I you wish know? he could give you like tabs for it, right? What's crazy is the, there, I forget the order. I think it was right before that. I think it was the lymphatic phlegm split, the, mm-hmm. the one before that. If I remember, I may have got the order wrong, but then they have in advance hemorrhaging conditions. Right. That's all tabbed out oh, wow. online. Someone did that. or Some poor bastard tabbed that out. Which is interesting because it. You might know better than me, but it seems like a, the same era of pretty noisy shit. Yeah, like the production is very similar yeah. between those two albums. Um, but yeah, like yeah, it's like it's just like one three one zero one. It's like right, right. It's like it's it's basically meaningless riffs, but it it it's just fascinating that they, you know, they have a bass player and he has to match that. Well, and that it's amazing. And I'll just say about like becoming friends with you and Riley and, uh, you know, I was slowly understanding why I, I liked beyond just devourment was like listening to Gore grind. And, um, I really loved, you know, first regurgitate LP effortless, uh, mm-hmm. regurgitation of Brightwood blood. But then finally it was really over this summer that I like did nothing but listen to like Last Days of Humanity, yeah. and truly, it's become one of my favorite bands like ever. Me too. Um, and one of those things where like you listen to it, and I, I we discuss it, and you'd show me stuff, and like uh, I liked, I kind of got in arguments with people about which album was better. Like, I mean, because Putrefaction Progress is a real album, whereas uh, what's the other one we were just talking about before? Where it's in like, advance, in yeah, advance like- is like a short mini ep i mean it's like so short but it's just interesting because to me that one is amazing too because it's short but it's also like each piece feels like a a true song and it's just i don't know i think i think it's cool what's interesting to me is okay i grew up in like the hardcore world Mm -hmm. where like uh okay insect warfare was a big oh yeah yeah and and us and the dudes in insect warfare i love alec there's all kinds of people that are really great people but it's like hardcore dudes power violence dudes that were like getting that maybe they'll all disagree with me they probably all loved grindcore but mm-hmm. to me it was an example of like hardcore people doing grindcore and i know mm-hmm. metal people love insect warfare but even at the time i was like oh this is cool like yeah this is cool i i get it like i i like the original you know napalm death it's great what of course mm-hmm. but they don't connect with me this is a personal thing as much as like something like last days of humanity where it's just like there's this like amazing mix of there's no pretentiousness but there's so much stuff going on that yeah. you could talk about where it's like you know like there's certain bands that try to do like this we're grind but we're also like free jazz in a way where you're like okay whatever like we get it yeah. but anyway it's just 
it's an amazing to me at least and i'm sure we connect over this where i listen to the last day stuff and it's like this is so special there's something like amazing about it and i guess you could you might know better than me but it seems like core noise kind of grew out of that maybe a little bit or it was ha- maybe it was happening in sideways you know that's its own thing like but uh i don't know and you know how to get me talking yeah yeah no, yeah. no like I'm glad you brought that up because I was listening to this. Inter- there's, I don't mean to talk about another pa- podcast on a podcast. No, no, totally. There's this, um, I think it's called Heavy Hole Podcast, and there's this. Uh, they have these epi- episodes called Ping, uh-huh. just about pingy snare drums. Right, right. But this guy made this really fascinating connection because, like you've heard, um, obviously you've heard Biosyst and stuff right, like that. Right, right. So um, Mark apparently, who's, who's Biosyst. Who's Biosyst, yep. Um, I mean, the only other real gore noise project that was known was Anal Birth around that time. Which is different because there isn't ping in Anal Birth. Exactly. So it's more like it straddles noise core in a way. Yeah. But no, there was this connection this this guy uh, made in that podcast that um, there's a good chance that Putrefaction Progress was an actual band trying to be Anal Birth. Right, right. Oh, that's so sick. That's so real. And because, like, I mean, to my knowledge, there's no, I mean, I'm, I'm not the... I know a good amount about gore grind yeah. stuff, but to my knowledge, before Peach of Action in Progress was made, there was really nothing exactly like that ever right. made. Now, that's what's interesting. Just the way that, like, genres are created. Like, I'm sure there's tons of people doing cyber grind stuff and, like, weird micro projects that were, like, you could say this kind of sounds like this and this. But it's one of those things where things, like, just form and gel. And then you have this, like, okay, here it is. Here's, here's the beginning bands. Here's... Vomitoma comes on after that and then anyway it's, it's so interesting yeah. just like whether you're talking about like punk or a specific genre it's like there's all these little things happening and then a big thing like putrefaction and that's what's insane to me too is I was like putrefaction in progress is like 2006 2007 or 2007 yep. and it's like there was people kind of saying like oh man at least in my little world of hardcore people like no man we just gotta listen to like OG earache shit. That's the only stuff that matters. But then there's this whole other thing that's so important that's happening, and it's not even that yeah. much longer. Anyway, it's just interesting. Um, Big time. Uh, well, so when, you know, as, uh, let's say, like, uh, well, I just want to mention Regurgitate, though. Sure. Like, they're their own thing, I guess, in a way, too. Totally. Um, so would you just would do you do you think like are you like an effortless dude or are you like a their demo guy uh or no that that's a great question it's it's weird i i kind of got into last or i'm sorry uh regurgitate after last days because mm-hmm. when i first heard them i thought i forget what i i, I probably heard um like sickening bliss mm-hmm. and i uh, no 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 i i okay i actually i take all that back i when I was going on a uh, stealing from my parents' uh, iTunes spree, mm-hmm. I accidentally got um, one uh, the pulsating feast off of Carnivorous Erection, okay, to, uh, by them, in two, which was released in two thousand. And I was like, "This is like boring as hell." And mm-hmm. I I thought the 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 vocals were weird because he's doing this like pitch shifter mm-hmm. and then doing screams on top oh, of it, right, and right. it sounded like a like a I don't know what like a quacking kind of thing and uh, I was like right. oh this is lame but yeah. but then I just saw people posting up after or the next couple of years about how amazing they were and I was like and like people's influences I love that stuff for right. like bigger band right. bigger gore grind bands I was like okay I need to check them out 
And then I heard that effortless regurgitation one. And at first, again, I kind of thought it was boring. Mm-hmm. But then I, it's kind of the same principle with like, almost like, like it's not ambient in any way, but it has this like ambience. Then same question with, that I had for last days. It was like, um, like, why would you want to play like 50 songs that all sound the same? Right, right, but right. at the same time, like you guys got on lockdown, like it's not improvised. It's right. obviously they're doing right. something, but um, just mainly th- they became of interest because of uh, just the drumming. Like, yeah, um, they does they call it the, the people have different definitions of the D beat. Right, right, right. Um, but it's this weird. I I can't even describe it. But I was like, man, like, because I've heard other people, other bands using that beat. Right. And I was like, okay, I need to learn. And it took like way too long to figure that out. Right, right, right. And uh, I'm still working on it. But then when I got that beat down, uh, I was like, okay, now I can get into this type of stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. But I think th- I think their riffs are really cool. I think their impact on just like the gore grind community is really cool. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting to me that like a band were like, oh, these this demo and these albums are pretty good, but then it becomes less interesting as yeah. it goes. Where it's like interesting. I mean, I'll define. I think in a way like true classic last days of humanity ends at a certain point. Totally. And, and the ver- I'm sure most people agree with this. Like the version that exists now is not really the same band. It, it's kind of no. It it's really cool their transition because yeah. like I would say. Um, as a consensus, their uh, hymns of an indigestible separation. Yeah, that's kind of considered their best one. Yeah, and what's kind of funny is there are parts of that that my nerdy ass like got a metronome. Yeah, yeah. to see which was their fastest album, and that yeah. one's actually fat. Their blast and that one are actually faster <laughs> oh, than Putrefaction. That's Progress. so sick. Hell but yeah. but that's more traditional gore grind. Right. Style. Yeah. Yeah. And then it becomes kind of its own thing as the two thousands, or they're like creating this gore noise kind of sound. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, okay, I definitely think, okay, so when did you discover Roland and his projects, and how did that all happen? Well, that's a funny story, Rusty. Right, okay, cool. Um, so, um, in 2013, I think, 13 or 14, um, I was a big, I don't know if you've, ever, you've heard of Cemetery Rapist before. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but I was real big. I was getting when I was doing this vaginal muster thing. I was really getting into the porno grind thing, yeah, just yeah. mainly because it just seemed fun. Yeah, yeah. And um, recorded uh, record like a demo, and then uh, I guess somehow Clay from Cemetery Rapist, like this, I can't remember, just discovered it, and then he's like, "Hey, do you want to do like a, a split?" I was like, "Well, yeah, dude. You're like the biggest name in that genre right now." Yeah. And uh, that's that three ways yeah. thing, right? And right. then last minute, this other band hopped on <laughs> called okay. Deflowered, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, he he says he was booking this tour. He, he's, he was thinking about coming to Austin. I was like, man, I'd love to meet you, yeah, and love to play a show because he was touring with his Deflowered band, so we're play, basically doing a three way split live. And was that the show? I, I DJ that that's show, the that one. Johnny Buck, I still right? got the flyer. <laughs> hell yeah, hell I yeah. I have it in my room. Yeah, um, but that's. That show changed my entire life. That's so sick. Because I didn't know any of the noise guys in Austin. Right. Um, and I remember talking to uh, Clay, and I was like, oh, you know, where's the show at? And uh, he's like, oh, it's this place, Chang Drive. Which, by the way, is a sick bar, gay bar that's not around, but they were like, I'm some ran- random dude. But they, it seemed like a cool fucking real bar. Like yeah. Like an old school real leather type bar kind of place. Totally. And... um. 
and I, I remember us like, and Clay's like, oh, I was like, dude, is there any way we could hop on that show? And he was like, yeah, message this guy. And he, he sent me a link to Johnny. Hell yeah. And I was like, and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I like looked through his pictures. And I'm like, okay, this guy seems interesting. Yeah, and, yeah. And at that point, like, I had listened to basically no harsh noise. Yeah, yeah. I think I heard some band in like middle school called Stimbox. And, right. Oh shit, weird. And, and that was like, I was like, fuck this. Like, yeah, this yeah. is dumb. Yeah. Um, but. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And I talked to, I, I messaged Johnny. I'd never heard of him. And I was like, uh, I was like, hey, do I need to bring like drum mics and all mm-hmm. this stuff? Yeah. I think it's going like, to be this oh, like a dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he was just like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it all worked out. Then we, we got there and dude, that was, that's what I'm, all the great dudes were there. You were there. Yeah. I, though I didn't meet you then. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Um, you, Johnny, Fritchie, Jeffy, yeah. Roland. That's and, so sick. And it was like I, when we when we got there, like uh, Roland, like I, he was one of the openers, and I'd heard of Gore Grind. Well, obviously, but I, and I, more specifically, Gore Noise before, but I was just like, this is silly. Yeah. Um. And but then I saw him do it live, and and there's a video somewhere on YouTube of him I doing like it. it's like 30 seconds, but of that set of his set. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he was like, uh, he had this like weird gimp mask thing. What's funny is like he you could barely like do the vocal oh, right. the, yeah. but it 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 truly blew my mind and I almost like it was it was so weird and and it it, it blew my mind so much I wasn't even like usually like most people like us performers you get, you get nervous before our set yeah, but yeah. that I was just so locked in well hell yeah and then um can we uh and we were performing as vaginal muster obviously and our dumb asses like we like I spent so much money on merch. So we had this area for the merch for everyone's yeah. merch, but oh, we shit. took up like the whole table yeah, and yeah. Roland had like this little shoebox <laughs> on the end. And then uh, after the show, uh, after Vagin Muzzard played, I went up to him. I was like, dude, like, like, can you explain <laughs> what you, what you yeah, just did? Yeah, yeah. And he didn't really want to talk, he, right. like, he, but he, I was like, do you have any merch? Yeah. And, uh, he had like this like shirt. I still have it that it's like an iron on oh, image. Sick. And we and he ended up getting a pro shirts made of that image, but and then I was like, at, at that point, like I didn't own a single cassette tape, and uh, he was like, "Here you go, man." <laughs> and he had this shoebox, and I gave him like thirty bucks, and yeah. he just gave me a stack a bunch of, of stuff. shit. Yeah, and he gave me tapes. I was like, man, how does this even work? And I bet like some of those tapes are like so. There was probably only a couple, you know, twenty or fifty or I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I mean he and they, they didn't even have jewel cases. He oh, had a rubber shit. band around that the art. Sick, that's nuts. And uh, I just remember like like the next day, I I popped those in. I, I couldn't figure out how to work the tapes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but it blew my mind just that like I, someone specifically in town that I right had never met does this type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then, um. I, I remember I'll never forget he gave me two tapes I remember it was hit, it was a split with urinary tract affection from severe pus clots mm-hmm. and then uh, one that I thought was him but it wasn't it was like a it was a, a vomitoma infester split oh crazy and I all I wanted to hear was his stuff I didn't care about yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. else's and I was just like dude this is so cool and I tried to like I didn't have any <laughs> co- his contact yeah so I, I found him on Facebook it was like hey like I at least in to this point like, i'd never been so passionate about yeah. something that i'd seen live yeah yeah and i messaged him I was like hey if i give you like 80 dollars can or like whatever like i want everything that right. you've made right and he was like yeah man uh <laughs> like me me, me me up north man and i i drove up 
to this bar that was like right next to his house. Whoa. And uh, he sold me everything. That's so sick. And uh, no, nah, it's I I, st- I some I I still like. Which is cool, by the way. Like to do to to someone be cool enough to do that, where you like meet someone. Because so, I don't know, some people even maybe me because I'm a fucking weirdo. Uh, I'd be like, sorry, I'm just gonna mail this to you. Oh right? yeah. To, to be a cool enough guy to be like, yo, let's meet at a bar and yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about whatever this shit is or what this cool stuff. Yeah, and like kind of like obviously at the show, he's looked like a gore grind dude. But yeah. Then, uh, when I met him, like I almost couldn't identify him because he's wearing these like fancy shades and this weird like weird shirt and these big <laughs> shoes. Oh, hell yeah! And I, at first, like you know, I would have been the same way. Like, who is this guy? You know, kind of skeptical because he's he's a good good bit older than me. Um, but after a while, like when I got his stuff, I I listened to it non nonstop, and uh, I eventually got to the point where I was like, dude, let's jam sometime. Yeah. Oh, sick! I mean, it took it took a while to talk him into it, but but now I mean we we jam on the reg. It's been like six years, something like that. Where it's just like he likes to play because he doesn't really make projects anymore, does it? Does no, he he has well, he kind of restarted a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So he his main project was that Pseudomonas Originosa right. for whoever's listening. It's really good. Listen to it. Um, and then he does this one called Hemorrhagic Pyrexia, which is sort of like. Uh, anal birth tribute, but with more like liquid vocals. Oh, sick! And then he does this one called Mo- uh, "Forgive Me, Rolling." If you're listening, <laughs> if I get this wrong, but it's like uh, Munchausen Engineering Ensemble. Oh, sick! That sounds right. Yeah. And it's like uh, I think it's like harsh noise power electronics. Right. I it's nowhere online. Oh, sick! Uh, yeah. I actually helped him print out the art for it recently. But and on t- oh, then he does this project called Menstrual Vomit. Oh, sick! That like he doesn't post any of this stuff and like he in terms of packaging like like cool stuff like you guys do yeah um he's he's way up there like he does like he yeah he did this menstrual vomit release it's a mini cd that's in a maxi pad oh sick and, but, yeah. but he has like just a little touches like he has a like, little thing the cds clip on oh, he like fuck. blew that and then he covers it in blood well and i mean i think that's what's cool is like all right, one second. The dog's stuck in the bathroom. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. There you go. I got I, I really got to pee too. Oh yeah, dude. All right. Great. Sure. So at this moment in time, when we recorded last night, Zach and I took a little break. So I wanted to use this time to play. <laughs> four or five different artists that Zach has either talked about projects he's done or will talk about later in this interview. Uh, so it wouldn't be as awkward with things going in and out. The, I guess the conversation wouldn't get cut off so a bunch. So let's begin uh, with uh, Zach's main uh, solo grind project, Metaragia Breathing Prom released the LP of this uh, a couple months ago. <laughs> Thank you.
Now, here is postmortem response. Here is SCR. Here is liver chunks. Shotgun cock. Here is maggot vomit afterbirth. Yeah. Totally. No, I, I, I mentioned. Uh, so he he doesn't do that uh, pseudomonas originosa project anymore. Yeah. And uh, I always told him like, hey, if you need like a, a safe, you know, chilled out place to record anything, mm -hmm. like I got the drums, I got all the gear. Yeah. You just come over and do it. Yeah. And I, what's funny is, I mean, we talked about a split. Uh, in 2013, and it still hasn't. Right, right, right. Um, but he's got a lot of stuff going on. He has a daughter. Right. Well, and so. I think with people that do amazing stuff that, you know, they're special people that it's hard for them to create a million. You know, they got to take their own time to do what they got to do. Oh, totally. But and when he does it, like I've seen him record, he's very, very focused and very particular. Let's see. Um, but no, I was, I was showing him at least some of this new stuff I've been working on because I've, 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 let me see, 2000, you, you ever meet Logan? I know who he is, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he gifted me a four track, mm -hmm. a Tascam four track. And that, that just changed everything for, for me. And now I have a couple of them, 
but I, I showed him some stuff uh, that I made with a four track, and he I think that may have got his juices going yeah, to record some yeah. new stuff. Maybe I, I'm not totally sure, but yeah. we we went to we record some. Uh, he recorded the drums um, and then laid down some bass for some new hemorrhagic pyrexia stuff. That's but it, it our schedules kind of conflict, so it'll happen when it happens. It'll happen. It, it'll but it's happen. the anyway. I'm excited for anything that whenever, even if it's like whatever years from now. But oh, uh, me too. But uh, okay. Well, beyond that, I mean, do you think? So, I think what's interesting is like. You know, you made some people listening. To this might have seen it. You made it's not online anymore. The OG like how to make gore noise. It became mini viral in a way. Kind of, mm-hmm. it kind of did. Um, when was that? Like two thousand like fourteen or fifteen? Do you remember when you made that one? It, it was either two thousand fourteen or two thousand. No, I'm sorry, two thousand fifteen or two thousand sixteen. Okay. And at the time, were you just like listening to shit ton of like? Were you just like already? Did you? What's your first true gore noise project? Is it? SCR or it, it's um th- there's this project called like uh, man I don't even know if I can pronounce it, okay, it, it it's a uh, gangrenous erythromelagia uh-huh. and um which is at the time completely inspired by Roland mm-hmm. his stuff um and it was just like uh improv like sloppy drums mm-hmm. with distorted bass and uh I th- some weird vocal effect I made mm-hmm. a garage band uh I did that for a while but it was weird like I didn't really know, I know what I was doing mm-hmm. and I was just kind of testing the waters and I you know I, I just pumped out release after release and release and what was kind of funny is I always wanted it to sound like it was recorded on a four track but I didn't have one so my dumb ass got like a shitty tape recorder and put it up to my speaker oh, sick. and just like played it onto there right, right. Um, but now then I, I kind of I got going on that then I wanted to make something more extreme so yeah. I did the SCR thing yeah um, but no, the the how to make gore noise video. Fortunately, back then, I still am not the most organized person, but I never backed up any files mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I think that got like twenty thousand views yeah, or, yeah. or more. Or something. I remember seeing it, and I probably knew who you were, but I didn't know. You know, I always heard your name through when everyone would be talking to you. Anyway, I saw it randomly, so yeah. you know. But I I don't even know where I was going with. It. I think I was just really stoned, and I I have a GoPro, and I was. It just got inspired to do it. Well, I think it's cool because it's like it. It, it kind of showcases that, like, I mean, just you could make like say like how to make a harsh harsh noise like thing, but it it wouldn't work as well because I think what is interesting is like here's these layers. Here's these like you know with harsh noise would be like get some pedals and a contact mic and it wouldn't be mm. as interesting. Whereas like the if you guys haven't seen it, you know he shows like here's make you know a drum loop you know make like a distorted bass fucking texture slop thing and then do like pitched vocals and by that time you had the like purple i always call it the purple pedal oh yeah the the uh, digitech vocal 300 and i think at the time uh i just acquired like all the popular ones right right and anyone that's listening that's into gore grind these are the ones you want if you want to have good gore grind vocals in my opinion yeah first one's the boss ps5 pitch shifter which um, is that the red one? Uh, that's no. the whammy. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. It, it, no, you're, no, it, it's a, it's a little blue pedal. Mm-hmm. I've actually never used it on the record. Well, actually, last night I did, but um, <laughs> that then uh, Roland introduced me to the Digitech whammy. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are multiple versions of it. Um, I originally got this newer, like beefed up one. And I remember when I got it, like I I heard uh, Pseudomonas 
and uh, he had those water vocals, and I was like, dude, that's so sick. And I was like, how do you do? He's like, man, it's that whammy pill, man. I was like, all right. <laughs> so I got one, and what I didn't realize is like, sorry, I'm tangenting again. No, no, this is sick. What I didn't realize is like, I thought I could just yell into this and yeah. it'd be bubbles. Right, right. But I was like, no, you actually have to have a technique. Yeah, dude. And uh, but you've developed the technique. <laughs> it's insane. But it, it it took a while, but now it's sort of second nature. Like at first, it was very uncomfortable to do. Um, but yeah, so there's the whammy. So I ended up getting the same one Roland had, which is this early two thousands model. I, I don't remember what it's called. Well, I ended up buying. Side note, I really like. I like. I like personally using that more than even the purple pedal. The the purple ones, uh, the the vocal three hundreds. It's a little overwhelming. And yeah, I think it, that's the issue, really. And it's it's kind of. Uh, it's just weird to program. It's yeah, awkward. Yeah. You've got like a learning curve with it in a way. Exactly. And I, I, I made a setting in 2017, <laughs> and I was drunk <laughs> when I made it, and I don't remember how, so I've just left it. Yeah, and, no, yeah. that's smart. But those are the three big ones, uh, at least in my opinion. Well, and I think it's interesting. It's like, you know, you can Google, like, how did they do these vocals or how did they do this Reddit or that's what I'll do. And, like, it's always interesting to see people argue about, like, how to create it um uh and it's to me it was also cool i remember hearing johnny might have sent me one of your like gore noise projects and i remember being blown away by uh, like water vocals which is its own kind of thing um where like it's you know i've I, you know you wonder though like which project did the people actually do vocals here did they mix like you know, contact mic with like a straw and water. I guess it's always different for the project. Like, it, it, it's hard to tell sometimes because right. like because sometimes the water vocals can sound shit. They can just sound like oh, that's bubbles or whatever. Yeah, you know, you know? Um, like I know, I've someone told me like getting the like if you don't want to use actual water, right? Um, you get like the whammy or it, honestly any of those, and you make farting sounds, like, right? Like that, right? right. But that with the effect it makes it sound like bubbles right right um and i i never really had that much luck i couldn't get it to sound right right um but then a lot of the time yeah then at, 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 like with this project uh scr which stands for stair courageous capremesis ronaria mm -hmm. and that i don't even know why i started it but for for the vocals for that one it was again like i don't i don't know why i thought to do this but i i got a pitcher of water mm-hmm and I poured it in the toilet because I was trying to pee first and record right. it with my phone, and it was just, it didn't, it wasn't long enough. It, it wasn't consistent sounding. So I, I poured water from like a certain nerdy distance from the toilet into it, and I, oh, I used sick. to, and I used to put, uh, like ice, like old ice cream for like chunkiness. So it was basically supposed to sound like someone with diarrhea, right, right, for vocals, and then sick. it just, it just worked out. And that project's kind of weird because like it started with me just doing. All all the tracks were just Gravity Blast on drums, and then I it was the first old recordings uh, were, was that it was just a loop of me doing that, and then uh, a contact mic with something and some pedals, and then that water vocals, and it was kind of funny because it it started with real drums, and now there are no drums. Yeah, yeah. Cause, and then in the middle, I had just machine gun programming on my phone, and then I was just like, well, if you blow it out enough with a tape player, you. What I usually do is I get a tape, I record it onto that, run it through a, a shittier tape player, record it onto that, so over and over till it sounds like almost nothing. Well, and I think that I think that's what's amazing, and 
this is kind of my you know my label started more as like a traditional like noise PE label and I th- but I think you know I love releasing you guys projects and other people's projects now though too is trying to show like for someone that say loves I don't know Mersba or like traditional cut up harsh noise or any like you're loving the, let's say the textures no exactly and and with gore noise it can become all about like textures that I think are I've heard so many harsh noise projects and I just, me and Riley just made one the other day. So I fucking oh, love yeah. harsh noise. But for me, there was like a discovery of this other side where here's new contexts, here's new types of sounds and new textures. And I think, and I hope, you know, people might roll their eyes, whatever, is that people can discover it through that. It's like, look, if you're already obsessed with like cut up techniques and like how someone, you know, made a sound with what sample, it's like, there's like this to me it's even more like um obsessive and worshipy than harsh noise wall which you know is a dead meme by this point sadly uh is like anyway is like interesting gore noise project i mean that's why i always like your stuff you know you'll well it's like there's there's xcr and then you and riley did uh i I mean i always call it i mean what is okay well what's funny is like I can say the actual band name right. better than the abbreviation. Yeah, yeah. It's ethanol corroded liver chunks clogging the breathing patches of a comatose teenage sophomore. Yeah, exactly. And I always just, I guess most people call it liver chunk, or that's yeah, how I liver view ch- it. Um, and I think that's interesting, though, because it's kind of like, there's like slow jams on that one, or it's like gore, gore-ish, but it's like slower. It's almost like it's, but I think that's what's interesting is like you guys all create your own versions of, of those, like, you know, there's like gore noise that's just like, non-stop blasts right mm-hmm. or like that where there's like weird jam elements where it's just like you know like a weird breakdown but with still water vocals mm-hmm. or uh like the toxoplasmosis project where it's like just feels like pure corroded texture and then finally like uh we did a split with uh what's the project that faa did uh a split with uh Oh, th- that was liver chunks too. Oh yeah, yeah. But then the one we just did uh, with your project. Oh duh. What am I saying? Ammonia. Ammonia. Where it's even. I always like if I were putting things in like an order of like musical to less musical. Mm-hmm. Like that one's kind of the the it goes on to the more extreme version of there's toxoplasmosis here. Yeah. And then to the right of it is uh, that you know ammonia where it's like p- almost harsh noise or it is in a way, but there's like vocals and you can hear. A couple different elements. Anyway, yeah. that's my nerd version of your projects, where it's like all these different elements. No, that 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 <laughs> I like that. That's yeah, good feedback. Thank you. Uh, no, it's like um, yeah, with the with the liver chunk stuff. I I remember uh, Riley Riley and I went to Louisiana to. I've never toured ever, but right. this was the closest to a tour <laughs> I've ever been on. And we went to Louisiana, his hometown, oh. to play a, a couple shows and. The last night we were there, his his folks have like this kind of cool property. Mm-hmm. They have this like two story woodshed, like way in the woods, and we're like, oh, we should get wasted and record something. <laughs> so we came up with uh, doing like a like there's this. We were inspired by a, a band called uh, Plasma. I oh think they're yeah, from Germany. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- they're like the OG like slower jam water vocal yeah, guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you showed me them. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was like Plasma, this band called Disgorge Fetus that we're kind of like, and then um, uh, a little bit of cock and ball torture yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was originally programmed drums, and I programmed them 
and then Riley did it was like two layers of bass just improvised yeah, and yeah. He, we were both doing vocals and then it all got switched around and we did like four or five releases like that and then I was like wait a minute like that why don't I play drums like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, it's it's really easy and then um, I got this waterproof contact mic from this dude in, from Spain who runs this record label that's very, very nasty sounding. Or, mm. like, I'm not going to name it because yeah. it's very bad. Oh, that one. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I think people will just know if they know yeah. the scene. Yeah, yeah. But that changed the game. And I was like, oh, you can put this thing in the water. So yeah, yeah. That, that's how that came about. And then the, the toxoplasmosis stuff is similar. That's literally just a contact mic yeah, yeah. in water. Yeah. And through distortion. Well, I think that's what's cool is I think you. You know, you've been taking and you're and Riley too. I don't know. I feel like you've been taking the projects and gore noise as a concept to interesting directions. And I'm sure you could school me on people that are doing it also. But I think it's interesting when like you know, there's some people that are just like, this is how I want gore noise that sounds like vomitoma and anal birth. And here's a couple of different projects that it's like that. But anyway, I just think it's cool. You're kind of saying, well, no, let's try different sounds and styles and. That's why I love releasing your stuff. But just, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, no, for sure. And but I think um, so on the side. Okay, these are kind of like your more extreme projects. But then, you know, uh, at the same uh, post mortem response, mm -hmm. like we could just say uh, post mortem response was from a couple of years ago, and you did really six seven inch and some splits, some tape splits, mm -hmm. and then kind of out of that. Uh, came maggot vomit i guess mm -hmm. that's exactly right so um we we did pmr post more response for a little less than a year yeah and th that was a little less organized at first because i was um jamming with this a, a good friend of mine named chris i i i'm it's sort of the type of thing that like if i meet somebody or hear about someone in town that makes something similar i have to meet them yeah, yeah. or i have to jam with them yeah um uh, so I met this dude, Chris, good friend, and he came over, and it was just going to be him, his partner, and me in mm -hmm. post-mortem response. Before, uh, he, he came up with a name. He had one demo right. that sounds nothing like yeah, our the project, stuff. Yeah. Um, but, and then Riley just happened to come hang out, uh -huh. and he was like, oh, why don't you play guitar? Yeah. And so we, it was just kind of an on-the-whim thing. Uh, and then we kind of had a little bit of differences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, and then the COVID thing definitely didn't help. Yeah, like yeah. I would say, if, if COVID didn't happen, PMR probably would have still been around. And, but well, and then you, we did a seven inch that from out of the true demo, I guess mm -hmm. you'd call it. Um, and but then you did the split with who was the born band? backwards? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And they're they they're not around either now. Oh weird. So that's like well, a dead. Yeah. Well, um, and then Chris is in gastric mucosa though. Yes. But, which there's a seven inch with mental abortion that's coming out, which I have a. Uh, test presses up to give you side oh, note yeah. yeah um thank you no uh that uh that ga i'll get to gastric mucosa yeah, in a yeah, sec yeah, yeah, but yeah. um i have a, I've a good amount to say about yeah. that project but no and then um was in the covid and pmr kind of stopped and then riley was like i'm not gonna do a voice impression of you riley yeah, don't yeah. worry but he's, he's like hey like um if i program uh like an album can you record drums for and just like learn yeah. the parts yeah, yeah i was like at first like i, I did that with my old yeah. thrash band and i was like eh, okay whatever i'll try it and like and he knows my because we've been working together so long he knows my skill level mm -hmm. and he's an 
expert drum programmer. Oh wow, I didn't even know that. Amazing drum programmer. Uh, um, and then he sent me like a, a a demo, and it was like it was like ten minutes. I was like, damn, okay, I guess I'll learn all this. And it was like definitely not easy stuff. Mm-hmm. But he, he, like I say, he knew my skill level, so I was able to pull Figure it off. It out. Yeah. And uh, then we recorded uh, the CD. The CD. Yeah. And right. I'm very very happy with that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very impressed with Riley because like he has he's a very focused guy yeah yeah and he has all that shit memorized all those riffs it all sounds similar because you know like kind of like we were saying like it's supposed to sound mm-hmm. all similar but at the same time it's like it, it's locked in he and, understands it fully and um he really gets it and mm-hmm. he's like one of the few people like like you that really is serious about this type of stuff yeah yeah and um then just just for fun i on that cd i had a, a friend of mine uh, play bass. He doesn't even like gore grinding. <laughs> right, right. He's just, yeah. Shout out to Blaine. Uh, but then uh, we released that and had some pretty good feedback. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't know if you've heard this band, Active Stenosis. Yeah, yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. I, they're from Russia. Yeah, uh, yeah. It used to be a one piece or just one guy from Greece, and but um, now he's a full band. Hell yeah. And they're they're one of my favorites. And yeah. they got that last day's guitar tone. Yeah. They're also obsessed with the last day's just set up like right. i am but i was like these guys are never gonna want to do a split with yeah. us because we're, we're new yeah and i don't know if i'm supposed to say this or not but we are doing a split with active yeah. stenosis um so we recorded and then with these two albums i sent what we recorded my folks mm-hmm. and then i sent sent them off to get them mastered yeah. by this guy in brazil oh sick and he does it for 37 dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but um Anyway, uh, then uh, we recorded our side of the split with Active Snows. He's still working on his. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very, very happy with it. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's when we – now you're really going to get me talking. But yeah, no, no, he no. – um, that and for this new stuff, I I'd spent way too much money on getting uh, basically the same or very similar to the Last Days of Humanity guitar rig. Oh, sick. So we got that guitar tone. Huh. So – and then uh, this – a friend of mine, Blaine – he did bass on that recording too, and then uh, we got this new guy. I don't know if you've ever met. His name's Josh Portalis, and he he does Brawler. He's just a, oh, no. he's like one of the chillest people Hell I ever yeah. met, and I don't know how he did it either. But we basically we were preparing for a show, secret show, mm-hmm. um, that it didn't happen. But we were like, do you think we could play like fourteen of these songs, like like with bass, like band. like right. memorized, yeah. Like, like that's what blows my mind is like this this dude Josh, shout out to Josh, great friend. Um, that guy learned all those riffs that all sound the same, and he Man. nails them. So that's sick. Well, whenever there are shows, that that'll be amazing to see that. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and yeah. Right now we're working on a an LP, right? Yep, full oh, length. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're like ten songs in. And, that rules. And I'll mind you, it's not ten songs that are improvised, but it, it's all cap calculated by basically riley writes everything that's sick um but anyways that's my mva uh tangent right there well no that's sick i feel like we we went over a lot of well and then the one project we haven't talked about i know it's over but metaragia oh yeah yeah. how do i you pronounce it by the way i think that's how i I say it i think it uh i think it's metaragia okay that makes more sense i did one of those google like say it it. yeah Yeah, yeah. um because i was pronouncing it wrong for a long time (laughs) so well, it's like, it's, it's one of those things where I, I had to learn how to see it in my head, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, okay, I know that project isn't active anymore, but when did, did that one start, like, 
as you were doing Gore Noise projects at the same time, or when did that start? It, it was um, I was I started with the Gore Noise stuff, mm. which is kind of a backwards way of doing it. Yeah. But then I was like, because um, when Vaginal Mustard kind of stopped, we stopped playing shows. I was like, you know, the the I, I wanted to uh, have a project that wasn't just like it was more calculated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it started in I just it originally started. Uh, I think into that like late 2016, I wanted to just do more of a serious, like at the time I wasn't playing much guitar, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, man, I want to get back into guitar and actually write riffs. And right. A lot of that stuff, including the old stuff, is it's tuned. Well, I progressively started to tune lower, but it's hard to tell kind of what. But that there, for anyone that's wondering, there are riffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the old stuff I recorded on a four track. It was just there wasn't bass. It was just uh. I would just come up with drum parts and record that, then write the guitar to the drums and then do vocals. I did like three releases like that. And I can, I really, in all honesty, can't really remember recording them (laughs) uh, for all sorts of different reasons, but I didn't think they were that great. Mm -hmm. And then um, I, the whole time I was like, oh, I want this old school kind of like dead in uh, last days is always yeah, an inspiration yeah. but i i wanted to have this db thing down yeah, but yeah. i didn't so i was like well dead infection drums aren't that crazy and i was like i kind of shot for a dead infection yeah. thing and then uh and then i was kind of against recording it digitally mm-hmm. and then uh, one time i did a, a split and uh i forget I, I was having issues with my four track or something so i was like oh, i'll just do this one digitally and i was like man like this this is so much easier like and uh, I did that, and then from then on, it was all digital. Yeah. Um, but let me see here. Like, c- toured, because I, I have so many releases from that. What do you think are the ones that stand out, I guess, to you? Um, so there are there are two that I'm the most pleased mm-hmm. with, and uh, one actually is not released. Oh, it, 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 well, it sort it was of was. It was on the tape. The collection tape. Um, that that one was the best. That was supposed to be a split with. It was a four way split with um, this band called Metastasis, Sputum. Well, myself, Metastasis, Sputum, and uh, Mental Mutilation, mm-hmm. and it it never happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think around that time, uh, I wanted to record a full length. So I was like, oh, I'll put those to the side because this this band Metastasis is very well known. So yeah, like, that'd be good to hop on, but it never happened, so I never released it. But, um. I'm so like I think I don't know how many I think I'll just just for now I'll just say I have ten releases. Yeah, for that. yeah I don't yeah. know exactly how many, but each one I wasn't satisfied with. Mm-hmm. Like th- I would say the one with fetal deformity. Yeah, um, that one I'm quite pleased yeah, with. Yeah, um, but but what was weird is I recorded like fifteen no like twelve minutes of tracks for that, and then I don't know why like. But I selected. I was like, "Oh yeah, the seven is right." It's like I, I got the timing confused, so I was like, "Okay, I gotta select oh, these couple tracks." Right, right. And um, my dumbass like set sealed the deal. I didn't really. I mean, I recorded them. I liked them, but then I listened to them. Uh, and I was like, "Oh man, like all these drums like sound. All the drum tracks sound too similar." Mm-hmm. But anyways, the tone wise, I'm happy yeah, with that, that one. Then. Uh, Obviously, that new one or the the, the 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 final one, right? The LP. Well, and, how long do you take? Did that take a long time to record? Or because we kind of released that over the summer. In my mm-hmm, mind, it's mm-hmm. the summer. But was that recorded like 
during COVID or bef- way before that? Or? That was during COVID okay. because just because of my job, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like most of the time, like I'm just too wiped out during the during the week to do it, do record. any serious recording. Yeah, yeah. And then the weekend, I'm usually booked up with something. So I, I was running a, I, during that period before, right before COVID. I just didn't have that much time to record. And then for the first time ever, I had like a month off work, and I've been working there for eight oh, years. Right. So I was like, "Holy shit, I got time to do stuff." Yeah. So um, I think the because how I did that project is I'll, it's again a backwards way of doing things, but I'll I come up with pa- drum patterns in my head. And uh, I'll lay those down, and then I'll write the riffs to the drums. And I think, and I really love the, I mean, obviously we released the LP, so I like it. I love <laughs> it. But um, I think I think it's interesting because to me it stands out as, I feel like you mixed it in a way that was all your own. I don't know if that makes sense, where it's like it stands out, you know, there's all, I don't know, is there a specific way? Maybe I'm crazy, but did, what, what, what were you thinking when you were doing mixing? Because I feel like, um, like the drum stand out that there's not the, the vocals aren't a huge upset like over I guess could you talk about the mixing of it a little bit certainly um so that uh album was professionally mixed and mastered mm-hmm. and I'd never done anything like that right. before I think the car sold stuff was the first thing I ever had mm-hmm. mastered or it was part of something I had mastered but this this guy uh his name's Glessio mm-hmm. and he's from Brazil he reached out to me and was like, hey, um, if you ever want anything pro mix mastered, let me know. And the first thing I think is like, oh, man, I don't have money for that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll do it for free mm-hmm. in exchange if you just send me some copies of it. Oh, I was whoa. like, deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like six copies or something. It's the true underground vibe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, I I had no idea it was going to sound that good. Yeah, like, yeah. But the, 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 if you're listening, Glasio, no offense, but like. I have two mixes of that right. album. I have the one that I did myself, then I have the one that he did. Mm-hmm. And it compressed the guitar a lot uh-huh. in the the LP mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, I mean, I am I went originally from, I don't know how much you know about guitar tunings. No, if, I mean, it's fine. If so you is don't. there a different mix for the CD version? It, it's the same mix, but I had, a, before he offered mm-hmm. to do it, mm-hmm. I had this original mix okay. that it, it, sounds, it sounds like, it sounds way weaker than the final mm-hmm. one. Okay, gotcha. But the guitars, you can hear the riffs much better in my mix, mm-hmm. but it got compressed, which is fine. Right, right. Um, but it's tuned so low. Like, I'm in uh, it's drop F, which is ridiculously low. Right, right. Um, to where, and with this, with one of those HM2, Boss HM2 pedals, so, and those are so noisy, like, you, it's already hard to tell what's going right, on. Right, right. And then the, I have this, my my bass, I have this custom low string that's like a it's like it sounds like a piano. Right, right, right. But anyways, but um the guitar got compressed a bit. Um not that you could tell too much what's going on right, in the right. first place. But the drums I love how the drums sounded. Mm-hmm. And uh what what was kinda funny is uh originally um I was gonna have guest vocals on every track. Right, right. And um, it, it was just it was just kind of funny because it, it all nothing like n- negative happened, but everything fell through. Okay. Like um, Big Frog from Filey Medusa, who's right awesome. Yeah. Uh, he was gonna do one, but I, he had, he's having some sort of issues yeah, with his yeah. gear. Uh, Aaron DeGroot from Last Days of Humanity was gonna do it. He had gear yeah, issues. Yeah. 
but at the same time, I had a deadline. I was like, hey, I need it by this date. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then I also messaged Hans from Last Days of Humanity who's on Putrefaction Progress. He didn't get back to me, but um, <laughs> then uh, Andy from this project called uh, Hyperamesis uh-huh. messaged me and was going to do it, but he never got back. Yeah. But anyways, I so what ended up happening is I had these gaps in the songs where I wanted the guest vocals, but yeah. where, I, where I didn't do vocals. And right. I could have filled them in, but like, you have that purple pedal. It's so yeah. fidgety, like you can lose your tone so fast. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't want to plug it back in and yeah. fill those spaces and yeah. sound different. So I told uh, Glessio, the dude who mixed and mastered it, who's in this project called uh, Sebum Excess Production. Oh, right, yeah. And um, uh, I said, hey, like, I can't really fill these in. You, do you want to? And it all worked out. Oh, that's sick. Hell yeah. Um, and a little bit more about the mix. Uh, I love how the bass sounds yeah, because. Yeah. Um, at least I use GarageBand. I don't have any sort of perfect like Plugging. skills, oh, yeah, right. with in plugins too. Right, right. So it was just dist- distortion pedal bass into the computer. Right, right. Um, well, there was like a bass pre- preamp, but anyway. Right. But he made it sound huge, Hell and yeah. you know, in my opinion, as long as the bass and the drums sound huge and right. they're and they're mixed right. Right. Um, at least with Metaragia stuff, like the the, the guitar is not, it takes a step down in importance. Right. But, um, and what I at first wasn't happy about, but then I, I liked was that the vocals are mixed kind of low. Mm-hmm. Like they're not overwhelmingly loud. Yeah, yeah. Like, like most of the time they are. Right, right. Um, but they're kind of buried a little bit. Well, that's I what like. I mean. I, I like it a lot too because, you know, you can hear, if you want a gourd grind band that sounds like x y or z you can hear that and i think i think you know it stands out in a really interesting way and then of course riley's uh in like the ambient things he did are fucking yeah. sick too no and i'm, I'm kind of at this weird point where i'm i'm starting to become anti-samples oh yeah yeah um at least for the the gore grind stuff yeah but for that one i, I wanted to include and listening back i'm sort of like man those drag on but i was trying to end i the whole plan was that to be the final album. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, old Metarage just have had the samples, so might as well I, just keep it. I think it's pro- – to me, it doesn't feel like – and not that there's anything wrong with cheesy, like, uh, you know, mortician, long, long samples. Mm-hmm. They're the, probably the ultimate longest. Yeah. Uh, but I think Riley did a thing that was cool where it's, like, samples that feel like – I don't know, like, when you listen to – I know it's a different genre, but Devourment – you know, the ah. opening to uh, where it's like this guy talking about being schizophrenic, where it's just like creepy and, and full of like mood. And jo- that's Joseph Callinger. That you should watch that interview. It's oh, wild. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, it has that amp. That, that's, you, you nailed it. Like, yeah. that's what inspired it doesn't, that. It doesn't feel like dated or like cheesy. And cheesy can be good too, like using mm-hmm. it on the right project. But mm-hmm. anyway, I think it, it totally works. I'm glad. Um, but yeah, no, that's. Uh, when I heard that mix, it well, was kind of funny. Is I actually showed my dad that. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, he he listens to it. Nothing that I make. Right, right. Like he, I mean, he'll because uh, I mean, back at that time, I was I still had the apartment with Riley, but I was uh, staying at my folks, kind of uh, to clear my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he has zero interest in any of that, <laughs> and n- none. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I I showed him. Like the, he's like, I was like, man, like, check this out. Like, I got this, this master. Like, what do you think? And he just walked away. <laughs> well, there you go. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but no, I, it, long story short, I'm, 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 I'm very happy with that. And I, 
infinitely appreciate you pres- oh. putting that out oh, and getting that out there. Thank you. I think, uh, you know, I'm talking about myself, whatever. I, I think all that I, you know, what I want to do or we want to do with the label is to create, to support things that we think are interesting and honest and truthful and, ah. and beyond the dog, uh, beyond like whatever the genre is. But I think uh, another thing is just like trying to make it be cheap and available for people. Um, this is kind of a tangent, but like, you know, people talk about like art school or like the art world or something like that. And the thing that always bummed me out about the art world is like people creating things and maybe they're like beautiful or great things, but they're only available to like really rich people yeah. or like you have to be at the art gallery at the time. Um, it, to me, it's all about like people and maybe this might sound pretentious to somebody are making art projects that are meaningful to them. And that includes gore noise or power electronics or gore grind and making like 200 LPs or 300 CDs and making those things like cheap and available for people. Anyway, you know what I mean? And I, I think people all over the world appreciate that oh, thank you. from you guys well and i think and, and that's just that's like the when people are like oh man there's you know whether people worry about like p- social media the internet or like how the underground you know we were i wasn't around for like 1993 death metal yeah, obviously yeah, I feel you. but there's enough people like us and our friends and people we know that really care and, and that's what matters you know it's just interesting when people are like like it, it's okay you know it's told plenty of like people like my mom or other people like it's so it does there doesn't need to be like twenty thousand or a hundred thousand people listening to this it can be like a hundred people or 400 people or, or 50 people or 20 people and the, those people care enough that it's meaningful you know what i mean oh, totally yeah and i think uh i think things get lost in like the kind of like here's my record you know i'm guilty of it whatever like here's these things that's the bad side right like here's some objects that I own that cost a lot of money, right? That can feel like hollow or, or whatever. But to me, the coolest thing is like when you were describing Roland, like giving you like a tape with like a rubber band, mm-hmm. it's like, no, this is this thing that this person created. And maybe they thought two people were going to hear it. And maybe one person did. And yeah. it's meaningful, you know, uh, like the best version of art is like listening to a song or like seeing a, a film. And it feels like a spiritual experience. Like those, that's why like I, want to live or whatever you know what i mean like those are the things that make me feel like connected to like as cheesy as it sounds whatever like something like a higher power like god when you're like totally in an an artistic moment of listening to something or watching something you're like this is amazing this is like a reason to exist anyway it's just and that end to people and i'm sure the people listening to this get this and that can be the most ugly fucked up thing like or the most unlistenable thing, right? Yeah. Whatever that means, you know? Um, and uh, that's why we do it now. Uh, um, well, we've talked about a lot. Uh, well, one thing I want to add, though, is just, like, you love, I mean, I you love, like, horror movies, like, exploitation films. At, during all this, like, I mean, you mentioned being a kid and seeing, like, Indiana Jones, but do you, do you remember what age or, like, when you really started to watch, like, horror films or extreme kind of cinema stuff or yeah so like if, if, the, if this kind of goes back to the beginning of this interview like with the protective kind of yeah, thing yeah. Of my, my folks like um let me see here like what what kind of b- before i well, when i was getting a little bit older maybe like 13 14 uh 
I think. And this is back when uh, Netflix was like, the, you know, you'd order the, the, the DVD, DVD and they mail right. it to you. Um, so my dad showed me, uh, let me see here, like uh, Braveheart and the Patriot and stuff right, like that. Right. With those, I watched I watched uh, Braveheart the other day. I was like, oh, Mel Gibson, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. I was like, damn, that movie's brutal. And, yeah. it's, and it's an amazing oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but, but that, like some of those, like just over the top, ridiculous, just slaughter medieval battlefield yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. I was like, I want to see more of this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And, um, but then I, I remember I went over to a friend's house and we watched, uh, I'd always heard of this is when Saul just came out mm-hmm. and I was like, I was hard as like, man, that must be the most extreme thing <laughs> yeah, ever, you yeah, know? Yeah. And this is this is me without any sort of internet. Like yeah. I, I was really not allowed to use it. Yeah. And um, I watched that and it shocked the hell out of me. And it wasn't so much the little clown guy, you know, all that stuff. Like yeah. the, the the concepts are cool. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, really, they're like gore set pieces. You know, yeah. the, the best part of Saw in a way. You know. Yeah. Um. Exactly. And like, I thought I was. What was weird is I was. More, really into the effects yeah, of it, yeah, you know? for sure. And just, like, what looks real, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. At the time, like, this is before I started looking at, like, best gore and all that yeah, crap. Yeah, yeah. But, um... R.I.P. best gore. It's gone R.I.P. by the... Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, um... I think the one that made, like, a huge impact was, uh... Oh, shit. I saw August Underground. Oh, hell yeah. That's when, like, right when my folks allowed me to use a computer. I still don't have a laptop, right. but... Um, I use or I I I looked up like most shocking movies ever yeah, on Google, yeah, and yeah. that was like number one. <laughs> it's like I have to see that, and that that blew me away. And yeah. that was like, man, I want to sh- freak all my friends out and show them this. And that changed a lot, even though it's 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 fake, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. not even obviously, it looks pretty damn real. Yeah. Um, but that one that really got me into that kind of stuff like and then also that becomes its own genre of like the snuff genre right right totally and and i've i've really never been into comedies Mm -hmm. like i've i have a weird sense of humor and stuff like that and uh but and i i guess i don't want to give off the impression too much that it was like it was just anything shocking yeah i was looking for and um like uh kind of at the same time i kind of uh when i met some of the guys in vaginal mustard and stuff like that. And then eventually Roland that I was like, became a, a sample fiend. I'm just trying to like, even watch stuff that I isn't enjoyable as long as it has good samples. Yeah. Yeah. And that further got me deep down in this rabbit hole. I, I think the, and this is, this one's a little bit cliche, but the movie that really got me into this kind of stuff is necromantic. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, and it's a great classic one. It's incredible. It's the best. Yeah. yeah. Um, then got into those, then got into the German horror flicks, like and it's specifically that director, uh, I forget his freaking no, name. Yeah, George, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I watched a Dirt Toadskin. Have you seen that one? That one is amazing. Oh, I haven't. That one almost blows uh, um, Necromantic out of the oh, water. It's it's about um, it's I think it's six in it. If, if you have this thing called Midnight Pulp, it's an app. They mm-hmm. have all of his movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's about uh, – there's no real exact plot, but it's six different uh, – I think it was filmed in the 90s. Six different people's experiences experiences committing suicide. Oh, sick. And at the same time, like in between the scenes, they have this body prop that was made out of actual meat. Yeah. Oh, that's shit. this fast motion thing of all these maggots swarming oh. it throughout the movie. So it's just like a textural thing too. Oh, uh, dude. 
It's amazing. That's awesome. I'm going to go watch it then. Dirtoadskin. And then, yeah, then I kind of got into the Faces of Death stuff. That kind of comes and goes. Yeah, yeah. There's some boring ones and cool ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, although I collect that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't even really watch them But I think that's what's interesting is, like, the, the, the art and, like, the kind of co- – the, that whole the whole vibe is interesting yeah mm-hmm. you don't even have to be watching the you know they're like these objects of like gore you know what i yeah. mean um uh i think it's interesting like for uh the for me like uh i i loved horror movies and i of course i still do whatever i've always loved films but like being a kid and wanting to understand and i'm sure many people that love horror can relate how they made the effects and like what you can do like for me i'm a little bit older i was born in 87 so i was like on the early internet and i was always like trying to figure out how how did they do like zombie makeup and you know trying to figure out like how to create like liquid latex or like you know or buying liquid latex but trying to figure out how to i don't know um i think it's i don't know that in itself becomes its own cool it's just cool that also there's all these projects that become like these pieces of people like it becomes more about like i said it before like a textural thing of like creating these like props or these set pieces of like the most interesting way that you could do a gore scene or something Mm -hmm. like that i guess there's also like all the guinea pig films that's its own thing um but uh did um have you ever seen the the burning moon have you ever seen that yeah i guess that's like a classic one too that looks like a weirder that's a cool one like that the last like 10 12 minutes of that's nuts yeah yeah um do you do you like do you collect DVDs or or when you're sp- like you try to find exploitation films when you can? I do. Yeah. Um, honestly, this last year I've been going crazy with it. What, yeah. What's great over here in South Lamar, the South Half Price Books. Yeah, there's always cool. They shit. have so much cool shit yeah, over yeah. there. DVD like unexpected like I got like three or f- no like four or five of those trauma movies. Yeah, there. yeah. Um, they've had some of the faces of death. It's just like unex like my, my original spot was end of an ear, obviously. Right, right. Or you know, I'll, I'll do the stuff online, but I you know I kind of like to shoot for the old school. Go to the video. That's a close. Yeah, where you, you go find it. Store. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I've I think I count like within the last year. I think I got maybe I'm getting close to a hundred DVDs, and then uh, VHS. I get a lot on Instagram. Oh, sick. There's yeah. like some some really good Instagram VHS seller guys. Um, I probably talked about this on, and it's not really a gore film, but it's an interesting shot on video, uh, thing. Uh, you can, and I've probably t- talked about it already with you pri- before, but uh, mm-hmm. it's on YouTube. Luckily, it's this uh, uh, film called Cards of Death, and it's oh. not really even that gory. But I'm honest to to be honest, I'm not like a total <laughs> shot shot on video horror guy. But it's like my favorite one. It's like this strange shot on video. It's not even really a horror film, but this dude was like an actor in Hollywood and had like a tiny amount of money. But he made this film about like, uh, they're supposed to be, I guess, like drug dealers or something, but it's like every night people in masks play like cards in Hollywood. And it's like, it's not a traditional card game, but whoever loses has to get killed and the winner has to like kill them. Anyway, it's just a psychotic, weird fucked up film, but it's, it's free on YouTube. If you you should check it out, it's cool. That sounds wild. Um, but what's cool is like, it was literally only available in Japan in the night in like the eighties or nineties. And, uh, this friend of mine, I haven't talked to him a long time, but there's a great guy named Zach Carlson. Who's like a video head. And, uh, he had this pro like, uh, 
thing called Bleeding Skull Video. Anyway, where he re-released a bunch of films on Oh, VHS. that's badass. But uh, it's worth checking some of that. I mean, everyone knows, like a lot of people know about that, but uh, uh, there's, uh, there's this, have you ever seen, uh, what is it called? Fuck. Uh, see, everyone's going to make fun. I'm going to cut this part out because I don't remember the exact name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called uh, some Splatter Farm. Have you ever seen that? No. Dude. Uh, see, I don't even know that much shit about stuff, but there's like, uh, it's like a great shot on video one. Anyway, now all I'm doing is just telling you. Anyway, but, uh, um, I've like grew up loving, you know, movies and wanting to make films, but I think, uh, the stuff that was like all the, the stuff that, that blew me away was, uh, like I was just rewatching, uh, early Todd Salon stuff. Have you ever seen Happiness? Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. Oh, anyway, this is, these are like the interesting differences, but uh, he also made this film called Welcome to the Dollhouse that uh, is like this, it's kind of like a well-known movie, but I'm sure many people have seen it, but it's you should check it out. It's like uh, about a ugly girl in middle school. And oh, instead wow. of being like, you know, like a Napoleon Dynamite thing where it's like, and in the end, they're all accepted. It's just about, like, the brutality and hatred of, like, being a kid. Uh, that sounds wild. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Pretty visceral. Um. Well, okay. Well, I'll wrap this up, but um, do you, what, like, what do you, what's next? You, you're doing um, a maggot vomit LP. Mm-hmm. Is, what else? Is, is there anything else you're messing with? Yeah, so it's the, the, at least my main focus is Maggot Vomit Africa with yeah, Riley, yeah. just because it's a, it's a group effort. And yeah, these yeah. days, as I'm getting older, it's like I, I really enjoy working with other it's people. It's like a true band, yeah. Because yeah. I've been doing stuff solo for so long, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, and then I, I have this newer, like Gornoise thing. It's called uh, Goulash of Emetic Waste. Oh hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I don't really it. It's like almost sludgy it's like i don't really know how to describe it but um i've been pumping those out i got this new little i actually riley sold me this little tiny tascam four track that i I like it's tiny uh but i've I've been recording that stuff on there and then i got a um a split with uh big frog from Philly and medusa i'm I'm very happy about that because apparently i don't i don't want to put words in his mouth um but he uh, he actually reached out to me, which I was yeah, blown away he's by. Like which a is classic project. It's usually me stuff. begging, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he wants to do. I won't give too much information away, yeah. but some really crazy out of this world packaging for the stuff. Oh, sick, sick. But he's. I'm really excited about that. Um, and then I guess you're do. There's a gastric mucosa seven inch that we're doing with mental abortion. My noise court. Well, actually, you play drums on those yeah. recordings, so you're in mental abortion too, <laughs> um, which is interesting because that's like, I guess, traditional noise core. And I think you know this is just something interesting to talk about is like the differences between noise core and like gore noise. I guess in a way they're obvious. It's like noise core is like tr- gore, like grind core pushed to its like fucked up limit. Yeah, and like gore noise is gore grind kind of pushed to its limit or whatever. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think it's for me. Like I'm a fucking poser, right? I'm a no. dumb hardcore. Guy. No, but what's interesting is like, I slowly understanding 
how the differences and like how I felt about them. Like again, like sometimes you can hear a project and you're like, I don't even know what the difference is between this. Oh, um, yeah. Like understand, and then and then that's I think what's interesting because anal birth was the last thing on your project uh, yeah. that list. Um, anal birth, in my mind, he you know in a lot of ways he created gore noise, but really it still has a foot in noise core in a way. You know exactly like. Uh, I don't know if you ever listened to that interview with him. There are yeah, a couple. Yeah. But yeah, he describes that basically he uh, he describes anal birth minus the pitch shifted vocals right. as, uh, I think this is what he says, it's like uh, anal cum, but without, with the humor stripped out. Right, right, totally. So basically noise core. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was like a lot of crazy, I think he mentions like dismembered fetus. Just there was a lot of crazy like, they were like grindcore project or gore projects that were messy. You know, there was like noise core and gore. There was like so much tape trading going on in the nineties where people's solo projects or small bands were kind of like mixing together and stuff. Anyway, it's just interesting because I've been doing like working with this dude who does Tracy Lords loves noise. And uh, I don't know. It's just interesting. I've been talking to a lot of these people that were in the early nineties, big fans of like, noise core and gore grind and then even gore noise with anal birth um and although one slightly funny thing is they all just fucking hated the death metal scene at the side really side note like they're they were all just like fuck this shit like now kids in the mall like death metal like we gotta <laughs> find the more extreme psychotic shit yeah um, um no uh when you mentioned gastric mucosa i know that was brought yeah, up yeah. a little while ago no that um Speaking of, we actually recorded last night, and, oh, it, and that's yeah, Chris from Postmortem Response. He does bass and vocals, and I do drums. Um, we probably recorded the best thing we ever had last oh, night, sick. and because it's like uh, we do that with a four track as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but speaking of uh, anal birth, uh, Adam Rotella, he has this project called Liquefied Insides, and yeah. we're doing a split with him. Oh, see, it's perfect, and that's the thing, gastric mucosa. It's kind of like its own thing. There's a, it, it makes sense that men, you guys did a split with mental abortion. Where it feel, there's a little bit of a noise core vibe in a way, in a mm-hmm. certain way. It's like it's in there. I don't know, and it's I don't know if, if you feel that at all. Oh, totally. Because yeah. like um, um, yeah, the the bass and the vocals that Chris yeah. does are all improvised. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least with the drums and on that one, that one with mental abortion, that's even better. That's that's my favorite yeah, stuff yeah. we've done. Um, but we're trying to, what we're basically trying to do is gastric mucosa originally was programmed drums. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but then I was like, well, I could probably play something similar to this. And, uh, but we're basically trying to replicate programmed drums with real drums, which means, uh, I don't know if you know what the gravity blast is, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. but it's like this stick. It's this weird thing. Uh, but that's basically what the machine gun, like core noise drums are. So, uh, that's like the meat of the stuff is all just the gravity blast. On a side note, uh, I'm sure I've told you this in the past. Do you know, like, the early mental abortion drums for the demo was just me Googling uh, uh, morbid angel drum tech test. (laughs) Nice. And it's just, like, half. That's what confuses people. Like, oh, on your demo, there's, like, some trigger drums. And then there's, like, live drums. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's the fucking drum tech test for morbid angel. So I guess guess they are mixing it up because it's, like, a trigger goes off and then he'll do anyway. Yeah, yeah. But that's what's cool about just me being like, I don't know how to fucking make drums, whatever. <laughs> I'll cut this up, but it's fun. Hell yeah! I could. That's the thing. I think when I was making the mental abortion demo at the time, I had also looked up the how to make gore noise thing, but I could, I still couldn't figure out how to do like the triggered, like the you know a drum loop or whatever. So 
So uh, at least there's YouTube. Thank God for yeah. shit on YouTube. Um, well, uh, I think this is a great, awesome interview. This is really fun. Totally. Um, I don't know. Uh, all I can say is I, I think I hope people like, you know, I think probably the people that listen to these interviews, I assume like already un- like are fans of extreme music or whatever. Um, but I, I think it's just cool to showcase you know the uh, the care and the obsession and the, and how much all these different various projects, whether it's like a one off tape you do or like a bigger project, how much you care. And uh, I think it's cool. I think it's great. Um, so thanks again, and talk to you soon. My pleasure, Rusty. Thank you. See ya. I wanted to outro this episode with a track from Morgtar. Thanks again for listening. No. 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 No.